All right, I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, and we're going to begin at verse 39. Luke chapter 23, and we're going to begin at verse 39 this morning. We've also got some sermon notes uh, in the worship folder that will help you uh, find verse 30 of the message this morning. But Luke chapter 23, and we're going to begin at verse 39. Now this morning, while you're, while you're get, turning there in your Bibles, I, I want to remind you that we're in the middle of a sermon series entitled Words from the Cross. In this series, we're looking at the seven sayings of Jesus from the cross. Uh, today we come to the second of the seven sayings from the cross. And today we're going to look at the word of salvation. So let's go ahead and read our passage uh, for this morning. If you'll stand for the reading of God's word, Luke chapter 23 beginning at verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blaspheming him saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing that you're under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said assuredly I say to you today you will be with me in paradise. You may be seated. Now life is filled with different experiences. Uh, some experiences in life can be scary. Dramatic. I remember when Olivia was a lot younger, uh, one day she was playing on our back patio and she, uh, she fell and hit her head really hard on the concrete. And uh, I can remember Kim calling me to let me know that it had happened. And, and Kim's first words when I got on the phone were, don't panic. Now, anytime you hear that phrase, don't panic, what is your first reaction? To panic. What in the world is going on? But she said, don't panic. Olivia fell. She hit her head. And uh, by the way, the ambulance, are, they're on their way. All right. Now, thankfully, um, you know, Olivia was fine, nothing wrong. But, you know, some experiences can be scary, can be dramatic. All right, other life experiences can be fun. If you look at the, we'll cycle through some images here. I don't know how well you can see them, but, you know, some uh, experiences are fun. That was when uh, we went to a Mississippi State football game last season. If you look at the next slide, uh, some experiences can be odd. All right, if you go to opening night of a Star Wars movie, all right, people dress up on opening night in costumes, and I promise that's not me in the Star Wars outfit, all right? But some experiences can be odd, all right? If we look at the next slide, uh, some experiences can be just horrible, all right? This was Olivia on her, uh, I don't know, it was a fourth or fifth grade field trip to the Audubon Zoo in New Orleans. 
The moment they stepped off the bus, it my rain jacket, sprinkling rain, and you can see there that Olivia is probably wearing my rain jacket because it's like four times too big for her. But anyway, I put that on her because it was sprinkling, and I looked at the radar, and the radar looked horrible. It looked like it was fixing to be a massive downpour, and I'm thinking instead of going into the Audubon Zoo, the kids need to get back on the bus, and we need to go back to school. But we went into the Audubon Zoo. Anyway, 10 minutes later, the, the bottom just falls. I mean, we hadn't looked at the first animal, and the bottom falls out. I don't have an umbrella. I've given my rain jacket to Olivia. There's nowhere to run for cover, and so I just get soaked, all right? And uh, there were some parents that were like, hey, forget this. Let's... Let's load up and take the kids to like some jump house in Covington. And I can remember driving across the causeway, getting into Covington. And my first stop wasn't the bounce house. My first stop was Academy Sports. And I just bought a whole new outfit. All right. You know, some experiences are horrible. All right. Other times, if you look at the next slide, you know, some experiences you get played a practical joke on. Like when somebody sticks an LSU tiger magnet on your wife's vehicle. Um, and then some experiences, if you go to the next slide, are rare, like when it snows in the deep south. And then, you know, some experiences can be embarrassing. I remember a couple of years ago, we were at youth camp, all right, and it was a setting just like this. The preacher had just got up to start his message, and I had to blow my nose. Or I had to sneeze. I felt a sneeze coming on, not blow my nose. I felt a sneeze coming on. And it was one of those sneezes. It sounded like an air horn went off. All right? And, I mean, it just rang through the audience. I mean, it's dead quiet. Like I mean, it's just the preacher talking. I sneeze. It sounds like an air horn goes off, and it just rings through the building, and everybody turns and looks toward me. I was so embarrassed, and the only thing I could think of to do was to turn and, you know, hey, who did that? You know, you know. But my point is, you know, life is filled with different experiences. And today as we look at this word from the cross, we're going to focus in on one criminal from the cross. And, you know, this criminal... Um, he's experiencing the worst that life has to offer. He is experiencing a horrifying death as he is crucified. Remarkable. But he also experiences something remarkable, something amazing. One of these criminals experiences salvation. Uh, if you look in your sermon notes, we'll put the, these verses up on the wall as well. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it kind of, this verse talks about how we're saved, all right? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, all right? And so the, the kind of the combination to be saved, it's grace and faith. Now we see that combo throughout Scripture. Last Sunday night, we, we were talking about Noah and how Noah experienced salvation, and it was through grace and faith. And that's exactly what we see with the criminal from the cross. It's grace 
and it's faith that brought him to the point where he experiences salvation. All right? And so let's talk about the faith element first. All right? So here's point number one in your notes. Two things we want to talk about real quick this morning. Here's point number one. All right? The shocking admission of guilt and faith from a dying criminal. All right? So make sure you have that. Uh, it's kind of a long point there. I'm going to give you a second to, to make sure you've got it in your notes. The shocking admission of guilt and faith from a dying criminal. All right? Make sure you have that. The shocking admission of guilt and faith from a dying criminal. Now, if you go back to verse 32 of Luke chapter 23, if you go back to verse 32, um, we're, we're reminded that two criminals were crucified with Jesus. Look at verse 32. Uh, there were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And then when they had come to the place called Calvary, uh, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. All right, so, you know, Jesus is crucified in the center. There's a criminal on his right. There's a criminal on his left. Now, uh, beginning in verse 35 of, of Luke chapter 23, uh, different groups of people take turns mocking Jesus, all right? The uh, religious leaders take a turn mocking Jesus. Uh, the, uh, the, the Roman soldiers, they, they take their shot at mocking Jesus. Alongside Jesus, in verse 39, that one of the criminals who has been crucified alongside Jesus, he also takes a turn at mocking Jesus. If you look at verse 39 again, then one of the criminals who were hanged blaspheming him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. All right, so this, this one criminal, he's mocking Jesus. And, and by the way, Mark's gospel, all right, we're in Luke's gospel this morning, but Mark's gospel tells us that both the criminals were mocking Jesus. All right, both these criminals who were crucified alongside Jesus, Mark's gospel tells us that both of them are mocking Jesus. But then we get to verse number 40 and something shocking happens. Think of it like this, all right? Just, uh, just imagine for a moment, all right, that you are at a wedding ceremony, all right? It is a beautiful wedding ceremony. The, uh, the bridal party has made their way down, and it's time for the bride to walk down the aisle, all right? They start playing the music. You stand up. You turn toward the bride, and this is the dress that you see the bride walking down in. And again, I don't know how well you can see that, but that is a pizza wedding dress. And by the way, that is a real design wedding dress, all right? I don't know if any of you are about to be married, all right? But you can go online. If you're about to, you know, if you're a bride and you're interested in this, you can go online. You can, you can get the pizza wedding package, all right? It comes with this dress. It comes with a six-layer pizza cake and um, a honeymoon to Chicago, all right, to dine at some of their best pizza establishments, all right? But, 
I mean, how, I mean, how shocking would you be? If you, you know, you're at a wedding ceremony and the bride walks in in a dress like that. That's, I mean, that's pretty shocking, isn't it? That's verse 40. What happens in verse 40 is shocking. It's, it's stunning. One of the criminals... He, he makes a shocking admission of guilt that leads to a stunning confession of faith. Let's look at the admission of guilt first. Look at verse 39. Look at what it says. I'm sorry, look at verse 40. Look at verse 40. Verse 40. But the other answering rebuked him saying, Do you not even fear God seeing you are under the same cause for our deeds? We indeed justly for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And so the criminal, he, he makes this stunning admission of guilt. He's saying, hey, we're getting what we deserve. We, we messed up. You know, we did this crime, and, and we're getting what we deserve. And in other words, this criminal is saying, hey, I'm a sinner, and I'm getting the punishment that I deserve. Right? That's what he's saying. He said, I'm a sinner, and I'm getting what I deserve. And I want to remind you today that to be saved, we have to make the same admission of guilt that this criminal made from the cross. All right, and, and you know, I, I know what. You know, some of you may be thinking, well, well, don't group me with a criminal. Don't group me with this guy who is being executed on the cross. All right, I've never done anything that bad where I'm going to be sentenced to death. Don't group me with this guy. But let me tell you, that is pride getting in the way. Um, the Bible reminds us that we're in the same boat as this criminal. At the end of the day, we are all sinners and we get what we deserve. All right? Look at what the Bible teaches. Romans 3.23. This verse is in your sermon notes. We'll put it up on the wall. Romans 3.23. Look what it says. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. And then Romans 6.23 teaches. Look at this one. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. For the wages of sin is what? Death. We're all sinners getting what we deserve. Right? So this, this criminal, right? Stunning admission of guilt. Right? This, this criminal, he comes to grips with who he really is. He's a sinner getting what he deserves. And what's remarkable about verses 40 and 41 is that the criminal also comes to grips with who Jesus really is. Look at verse 40 again. But the other answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? For we indeed justly, 
people, we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. He's coming to grips with who Jesus really is. If you look at verse, uh, if you look at verse 42, how did, how did this criminal refer to Jesus? Then he said to Jesus, Lord. All right, this, this criminal, he, he's coming to grips with who Jesus really is. He's done nothing wrong. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is King. He's coming to grips with who Jesus really is, and it leads to a stunning, a shocking confession of faith. Look at verse 42 again. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You might want to circle that word remember in your Bibles. Now, when you and I see that word remember, we, we think in terms of its opposite, forgetfulness. All right, and, and I've told you before, look, I am a forgetful person. If I don't write it down, if I don't put it in my phone, chances are I'm going to forget to do it. You know, there's been times where Kim has given me a grocery list of seven or eight items, and I think, hey, I'm going to remember those. I'm going to remember all seven or eight items. And then three trips to the grocery store later, I finally got all seven or eight of those items, all right, because I'm forgetful. If I don't put it in my phone, if I don't write it down, chances are I'm not going to remember it. That's how we think of that word remember in terms of its opposite forgetfulness. But in the Bible, that word is used a little bit differently, especially in the Old Testament. When we see the word remember or remembered, a lot of times it has to do with God. And here's some phrases that we find in the Old Testament. God remembered Noah. God remembered Abraham. God remembered his covenant. God remembered his love and his mercy. And when we see phrases like that in the Bible, look, it's not that God has forgotten when we see that word remember in the Old Testament in reference to God, it is meaning that God, kingdom, is promises. And so when this criminal says, remember me when you come into your kingdom, what this criminal is really saying is, I claim the promises of God. I want to be a recipient of God's mercy. I want to be a recipient of his love. It is a stunning, shocking confession of faith. Look at verse 42 again. Look at how it ends. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And again, this is just a stunning confession of faith. Because this criminal realizes that, that Jesus and his kingdom is not going to be established at that moment. Jesus He's about to die on a cross. And, and the thief realizes, or the criminal realizes, that this kingdom of Jesus is going to be in the next life. And it is a stunning, shocking confession of faith. And, and I want to remind you of Ephesians 2, 8 again. All right, that verse we looked at at the top of your sermon notes, we'll put it up on the wall, Ephesians 2, 8, where it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And, and I want to just ask you this morning, have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you believed that Jesus died on a cross to save you from your sins? Have you believed 
that the story of Jesus didn't end on the cross, but it was just getting started because Jesus rose three days later. Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Right? So to be saved is this combination of faith, grace. We've looked at the faith part, now let's look at the grace part. All right, here's point number two in your notes. Point number two, the saving grace and guarantee of the, of the dying Christ. All right, again, long point there. I'm going to give you a second to make sure you got it. The saving grace and guarantee from the dying Christ. The saving grace and guarantee of the, of the dying Christ. All right, look real quick, verse 43. All right, look at verse 43. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now that word paradise equals heaven. All right, what Jesus is really saying to the criminal, Hey, today you're going to be with me in heaven. All right, now look, that is saving grace. All right, verse 43 is saving grace. Now, now look, there are some things that we earn, all right? You go out and you work, you earn a paycheck, all right? If, you know, if you're a student in high school or college and you want an A, most of the time you've got to earn that A. You've got to study. You've got to do your projects. You've got to do well. You've got to earn that A, all right? There's some things that we earn. Salvation is not one of those things that we earn, all right? This, this criminal... How could he earn salvation? I mean, how could he do enough good works to earn his salvation? I mean, this criminal, he can't come down from the cross and go teach a Sunday school class or give a testimony at church. I mean, this criminal can't come down from the cross and go visit somebody in the hospital or build a, 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 a handicap ramp for someone in need. All right, this guy can't come, come down from the cross and do any good work. He can't earn his salvation, all right? And that's the point. Salvation can't be earned, all right? It's, it's grace. It's grace. Salvation is not something we earn, all right? Salvation is something we get that we don't deserve, all right? Think of it like this. You know, most of the time... Um, you know, I told you just a second ago, you earn your A, you earn your grade in class. Uh, I remember my first semester at college, um, I, I did speech, all right? And toward the end of the, the semester, I knew I wasn't going to get an A, all right? I had to give five speeches in that class. I made an A on one, and I made a B on the rest, all right? So what was my grade going to be? A B, all right? That's what I earned. That's what I was going to get. Well, I get my great report, I don't know what you call it in college, I got my grades, all right? And I look down at speech, and instead of getting a B, I had an A, all right? Now look, I didn't deserve that A, all right? I deserved a B in that class, that, I mean, that's what I earned, all right? But I got an A, I got something that I didn't deserve and that's salvation that this criminal 
He, he didn't deserve salvation. He didn't deserve heaven. But that's what he got. That's God. We don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve salvation. But we can, we can receive it. We can get it. That is grace. And then... Jesus gives this thief, this this criminal, a guarantee. Look at verse 43 again. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in in paradise. I want to circle that word, today. All right? There, There is no delay in salvation. Salvation is not reserved for the for the distant future. When we put our faith in Jesus, when we experience His grace, we are saved right then and there. And and this story shows us that it's never too late to get saved. It's never too late to get saved. Have you ever heard heard those headlines uh, or, or read an article where it says someone was saved at the last minute? Have you ever read a newspaper article like that? Um, here's a couple from... I don't know, they've been in newspapers or magazines over the years. Uh, A New Jersey police force, uh, their jobs were going to be slashed due to budget cuts. But because of a federal grant, the jobs were saved at the last minute. Uh, There was a a lady from from England. Uh, She was captured by a bunch of pirates in Somalia. And they were about to execute her. Again, she was saved at the last minute. Right? Forces showed up, police showed up, and she was saved at the last minute. That's what we get here from this dying criminal. He was saved at the last minute. And it just goes to show it doesn't matter when you get saved. All that matters is if you get saved. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Let's look at it one more time. For by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not works, lest anyone should boast. This this criminal... One of these criminals, he experienced salvation. He experienced faith and grace. He was saved. But I want to remind you that there was another criminal that died with Jesus. One of the criminals didn't get saved. One of the criminals rejected Jesus. He he died without ever putting his faith in Jesus. And maybe you're sitting out there today, and it's the other criminal that you relate to. All right, maybe, maybe you're sitting out there, and you've rejected Jesus over and over again. You know, you, you come to church, you, you know you need to get saved, you know you need to get right with God, but you reject Jesus over and over and over, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. You tell people, hey, I'm saved. I'm I'm okay with God, but you know deep down, you're not saved. And what you're really doing is rejecting Him time and time 
for time again. And I want to encourage you, if that's you, don't make the same mistake as that other criminal. Learn the lesson from the criminal who put his faith in Jesus and experienced that amazing grace. It's never too late to get saved. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. Just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation, a time of response. Before we do, I want to ask you, how is God speaking to your heart this morning? Maybe, maybe this message uh, has, has really convicted you this morning. Um, because you know down in your heart that, that, you're, that you're not saved. You've never put your faith in Jesus. You may tell people you're saved. You may tell people you're right with God. But, but, but deep down, you know better. You know that you're not saved. And, and you're like that other criminal. You just keep rejecting Jesus, rejecting Jesus, rejecting Jesus. And I want to urge you today. Don't, don't just quit rejecting Jesus. Quit running. And, and own up to the fact that, that you're not saved. You need to put your faith in Jesus and experience His grace. And, and if that's you today, I, I want to encourage you when we stand and sing to come down and talk to me about accepting Jesus as Savior of your life. Criminal, you experience never too late. You may, have, you may have rejected Jesus for a long, you may be running your salvation for a long time. It's not too late. I urge you, if you're, if you're not saved, get right with God today. Get saved today. Father, we thank you for your word, this, this word of salvation. And, and Father, it, it speaks to the greatest experience that we need in our life, and that is the experience of salvation. Father, we can have a lot of great experiences in life, but if we never experience salvation, if we never experience grace, if we never put our faith in you, it's all in vain. And, and Father, I, I pray for those today who have, who have rejected you. I, I pray for those today who need to be saved. Father, I pray they won't put it off, but I pray that today is the day of salvation. Father, we just ask as we come to this invitation that you move how you need to move today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand.